221 of the Brooklyn Blast. Yeah, man. Of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast. With my guest, my friend over here, Dustin from, all right, Walls of Jericho, currently on tour. I, this is kind of cool that you're doing this while you're on tour. It's a weird conversation because lately, people that I've had on, nobody's been touring. Right. Um, you're on tour with Corey Taylor. Yep. Um, I will have to throw in such a dope band from back in the day, Premonitions of War. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, I have to also throw out a little project that you did with a Mr. Evan Seinfeld, Attica. Oh, Evan. Attica, yeah. Yeah, That man. was a good one. That was fun. Yeah. And then I definitely, within our conversation, I have to talk with you about <laughs> imposters in effect. Well, you, you're missing one right now. You're missing a new oh, the one. Jericho. No, no, there's a new one now. I oh, just, there's a new one. No, I just, is... I just joined Prong. No, you know, no yeah. shit. I had yeah. Tommy, I had Tommy on, and I had Ted on. Yeah. And I saw the flyers that you posted, but I'm an idiot, and I didn't put two and two together. I just got asked because you know Jason, Jason from Prong plays in Corey, Corey plays for Corey. Right. With, uh, with me and and uh he's like hey man uh prong's got eight weeks coming up with black label society and obituary and uh you know you want to do it and i was like yeah man i mean why the fuck, fuck yeah. wouldn't i do that you know <laughs> yeah. i mean dude i get to sit with tommy victor for eight weeks and hear all the craziest stories in the world dude he was so much fun to bullshit with man he's and i Love that band. Like, I'm 45, so I grew up in the whole the, the headbangers ball and shit like that. Obviously, yeah. I've been into the music for a long time since I'm like 10 when I discovered Motley Crue. But like that whole beg to differ record and being yeah. in the city and man, what a great band. Great guys. And that's fucking awesome, man. Congratulations. That should be Thank fun you. as fuck. It's, dude, I've, I've been listening to it every night in the headphones after we play our with the Corey Taylor shit, man, it's like a two hour show. Right. It's no joke. We, I mean, we're playing, we're playing almost every song off that solo record that I did with them. Uh-huh. And we're doing stone sour songs and we're doing cover songs. Uh-huh. And then we're doing some slipknot songs. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, you know? man. You, yeah, you gotta be beat up. Dude. I'm that's, I mean, my day, I'm on my day off right now. Just going, I've been sitting here in this hotel room the whole day. <laughs> Right. Where are you right food. now? Uh, I'm in Des Moines, actually. We're playing Des Moines tomorrow. Ooh. So, so yeah, hometown. Hometown. Yeah, big, big shows. You know, what's, what's crazy about this tour is, you know, we're the first major, like, tour to go out since the pandemic shit. Yeah. So it's been real weird, man, you know, because it's like we didn't know what was going to happen. It was hard enough trying to get it booked. You know, I mean, we had to play Harpo's the other night you know, nice. in, my, in my hometown, you know, but like, it's awesome. Though. Hey. <laughs> I've never played there in my life. Really? Never. Walls of Jericho, man. They were never fucking with that place. They just, really? you know, Aaron, Aaron and Mike are old school dudes. You know what I mean? Those guys are older than I am. Yeah. You know, they're my peers. So they're the ones that brought me up. So sure. that, when I joined Walls of Jericho almost 20 years ago, they were just like, look, man we're never going to play Harpo's. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. Cause I mean, growing up, you know, you'd hear like horror stories, I mean, dude, crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy up there it really is. And it's, 
I mean, we were there and we have like security with us. We have somebody that travels with us with Corey, you know, like real shit. And, you know, we were like, yo, don't get out of the bus. You know, I was sitting in the bus looking across the street at the, <laughs> at the mini mart across the street. And the dude shows up in a box truck and he's just putting chips and shit, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the mini mart. And there's two armed security trucks rolled up and standing uh, out there while dude is rolling in bags of chips. I mean, they're wow. going to rob chips, dude. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, it's a fucking free for all, bro. Chips. It's <laughs> yeah. It's always been like that up in East Detroit though, man. Forever and ever. Fuck. It's always know, I, been like that. I recently, I recently had Candace on. Like, yeah. actually, we're on podcast time, so she actually drops in a couple of days from now. But nice. she was super fucking fun to, to, to bullshit with. Like, we kind of go back since, like, days of, like, MySpace. I used to have, you might be familiar, I don't know. I'm not going to mention it on here, but I used to have a little clothing line. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we used to get your stuff all the time. I remember you coming in. And we do like CB shows and stuff. Uh huh. And yeah. we used to, we did the first black or the the black and blue bowl that we did with you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, mean, I remember seeing you guys and everybody around. But like, <laughs> Walls of Jericho is a weird camp. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. quiet. You know. We you kinda, are. We stick to our own because we let all the other bullshit just play out. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> See, it's funny because I asked because obviously I know the whole history in Detroit and stuff like that. So I asked Candace. I'm like, you know, coming up, and I had no idea. I guess, you know, coming up, you guys must have played like a lot with like, you know, the coldest life guys and the guys. But she was like, yeah, but not too often because like you just said, you're a different camp. Well, the Detroit scene in general was different back then. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. as, as, as the New York scene, you know, you got the old New York guys, you got the old Detroit guys. They're wild, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I love our, a good shit show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Our generation... We saw the CTYC guys, you know, and we, those guys were always real cool with us. You know, they yeah. brought us up, but we respected them and we stayed away and stayed out of their business Yeah, because it was like, yo, that's none of our business. You know, yeah. like if some shit starts popping off and some, you know, maybe some Nazis show up, some fucked up shit, of course, yeah, right. you know what I mean? But like, let CTYC handle CTYC and yeah. the younger kids really like learn to mind their fucking business to yeah. be honest with you yeah you learn everybody, real quick to fuck everybody everybody just you know that like my generation candace you know because we're the same age you know we just stayed chill and we kept we policed our own scene you yeah. know and the ctyc thing was their own shit you know what i mean mm. my other band before premonitions this, this other band called next to nothing we played we played a lot of shit with uh with coldest life in detroit man and it was wild bananas man i know oh my god yeah it was fucking it was awesome i had it was the first podcast he ever did and i had jeff gunnels on here yeah he just got out he's doing great yeah oh thank god like shout out to jeff man because i i never thought like that was one person i never thought i would ever speak to you know so and we got into all that stuff man i love that band and there's something about the detroit scene even though i'm a new york guy i'm familiar with it I'm like fascinated with that whole craziness. You well, know? you guys, you know, went growing up because I grew up in Toledo, right? I'm a Toledo right. kid. So when we would hear the stories down in Toledo, we would hear stories about, we would hear stories about cold as life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we'd hear shit about the old Miami and all that kind of stuff. And then the next stories you would hear would be about Agnostic Front and AF. Absolutely. Or I'm sorry, Agnostic Front and Medball, because yeah. those guys were thick as fucking thieves. So of then we were in the middle of the sandwich. We would hear all the stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so entertaining it was, shit, that's for sure. It's great. It's great. <laughs>
Yeah, man. So you were you were in, in Balls of Jericho almost 20 years now. That's yeah, right. I joined the band uh, at the end of 2004. So, so well, my, the, fir- the first year. Were you on Trigger Full of Promises? Uh, I mean, yeah. on. Yeah, that was, that that was, was your the first, first one. That was my first one. Yep. Right. Trigger Full of Promises with Devils Amongst Us All. It's the song. Yeah. That's a great, uh, great record. Yeah, man. I think, and, and I, I mentioned this when I was speaking with Candace, that's like the first record that I feel like launched you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was crazy how that band, because I was there when they formed. Yeah. You know, I was, we were, we were hand in hand all the time. And when they put it together, man, it was, it was like, yo, we're going to be a band, you yeah. know? And, and they've always, and that's the great thing about Walls of Jericho is Walls of Jericho pushed me to be the drummer that I am today, even though if you listen to Premonitions of War, technically I was doing crazy shit. Man. Fucking crazy. I was re-listening earlier today, like on my lunch break and shit. Like, <laughs> yo, that fucking, the first one, the true face of panic, bro, yeah. it's, it's fucking bananas, that record, man. But it I was, was like, like, this is so fucking good. It was, it was, it was good stuff. But, uh, you know, with Walls, they taught me, you know, the work ethic was really it. You know, the always, yeah. you got to always elevate, 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 stay mm-hmm. humble, you know, keep your fucking, keep your nose clean and just keep going because it'll just eventually pay off, you know? Yeah. So that was always their, they're like a real, and still are just like a really blue collar. We treated the band like if we got a job at GM or Ford because that's yeah. the only option that you have where we live sure. you know? so this is like you could either go work at some fucking factory or you can hustle hard and you can play all the time and, and make travel money, the fucking know? world and travel do the world yeah. and fucking crazy shit yeah and it's awesome you guys Walsh Jericho is playing Furnace Fest yeah yeah which yeah. is awesome we're gonna dust off the old cobwebs on that one yeah, I'm sure you'll practice a couple, two, three times before. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe at sound check. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's. I cool. mean, I know. Look, I'll be ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> that's pretty funny, man. Yeah, it's and like I said earlier. It's it's um, like you're the first person I'm speaking to in over a year that yeah is fucking out there and playing so it's crazy it, out here man yeah i'm glad that, i mean if i i always had the mindset where listen it sucks right now but it's gonna end it yeah, will this isn't, this isn't forever man you know the world right. wants to get back to their their normal shit nobody yeah. wants to sit around all damn day and wear a mask and whatever it is that you're, you're you know whatever it is it's just oh, it's yeah. this isn't this isn't how we're supposed to live you know no. so it's nah. just patient. Patience is everything. Yeah. You know, and the weird thing about all this coming from our perspective, you know, with this whole camp right now being on the road, you know, we're, we're locked down, you know, like there's nobody coming backstage. There's nobody. It's, it's the people that are on this tour intermingle with the people on this tour and nobody is allowed inside. At all. Is that kind of all right though? <laughs> to be honest with you, it's great. Yeah, I figured as much. It's like, you know, if people, I always have the thing where it's like, if I have guests come out to shows and stuff, I always feel obligated. Like, yo, I got to come out and hang out with them. You know, right. and sometimes you're just like, you know, yeah. and it is what it is, you know, but it's nice on this one that I don't have to worry about any of that. It's just like, yo, we're locked down. We're, we're in a bubble. We're staying this way, you know, and it's not, it's only really because of insurance reasons. Right. You know, because sure. this type of touring, this level of touring, you know, you got to have insurance, you know, and 
insurance companies were kind of puckering up like i don't know yeah you know? so everybody's watching this tour going is this gonna work you know yeah what's capacity like is there i mean how the fuck can you i hate the term social distance at right. a show like how does how is that even working with you guys it's 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 it was set up a certain way um when the show was booked i believe and then it's really about state regulations so like harpo's going back to harpo's i think originally it sold out at like 200 people that fucking place seats 3000 people or something crazy it's massive yeah so it's it's all about the state so then once michigan went up to okay we're doing 50 50 capacity then we were allowed to adjust the tickets but you know we had shows like in oklahoma city we played uh what's that diamonds ballroom or whatever that big place there that old country place yeah i mean it was insane <laughs> yeah but you know they don't have you know they don't have the regulations and the rules that a lot of other places texas was you know, pretty wide open. We played I was going to say, Texas Valley off the fucking hook. Yeah. We played in Lubbock and it was like, holy shit, there's nothing, there's no pandemic down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't but, give a fuck down but there. But we're, you know, the band and the crew and the Cherry Bombs are on tour with us as well. And they're a whole crazy camp. So we're all just together all the time. You know, we yeah. just went to dinner and it's like, you know, if you go to dinner, try to team up with people. So, you know, just everybody's just kind of big family in it right now. Yeah, but it's cool. People, people, people know you're in town because you just said it's hometown. You're yeah. in Iowa. Is there people like fucking outside your hotel, like those fucking sick maniacs? Are? Oh yeah, I mean, dude, I mean Corey, Corey Taylor is Corey Taylor. You know, he, right? He draws wherever he goes, and people flip out over him, and you know they flip out over everybody. Really, I mean, Christian Martucci plays in this band. He's been in every cool punk rock band in Detroit yeah. and New York, all the way up to Stone Sour. I mean, sure. to be on stage with that guy every night, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. Listen, what, what was, what was the first band that you were ever in? Not, not necessarily, not even necessarily something that you released. Like when you were a kid, like, you know, some first band. Ba first band I was ever in was this band called Half Full. It was my band. It was me and a bunch of kids and I was trying to put together a hardcore band, but I was stuck out in the suburbs. So I got in thrown Toledo. out in Toledo. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew, and there was kids where I grew up that were into punk and hardcore in the city, but I got thrown out to the suburbs and they were out playing with GI Joe dolls, like in their, you know, sophomore year in high school. I'm like, right. what's going on out here? So I put this band together with the guys that I felt could play. We put this band together and then I got linked up with all the next to nothing guys who Gosh. ended up becoming you know, all the next to nothing guys ended up becoming premonitions of war guys. Right. There, there was a core, uh, three, four of us that did those bands, you know? So I got stolen from my first band half full and then went to next to nothing and then went to premonitions of war. Gotcha. And what'd you put, you, you put out a total, I mean, you have four releases total besides like maybe a demo from premonitions of war, right? Yeah. We, we had a split as a split with Benam. Um, we have the, well, we had the first glorified dirt EP that was, released by us right and and then there was the then there was the true face of panic left in kowloon and then the split yeah so four releases with that band gotcha did you tour at all like dude like, yeah well i mean we signed a victory in like, oh okay I tour yes. with morbid angel and suffocation and oh, we were playing we were so playing good. hardcore shows i mean next to nothing was playing hardcore shows was sworn enemy before they were sworn enemy we okay. were playing castle heights and queens when they were still called mindset nice i mean yeah. we were doing it way back then i was in high school like going to new york and playing shows no shit i was a kid 
So that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty so, pretty crazy. Pretty yeah, crazy life. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that is because from from putting together a little tiny hardcore band, trying to get kids to stop playing with GI Joes in the sticks in Toledo. Right. So what you're doing now and playing with these guys on the same stage that you're on tour with right now is pretty fucking impressive, man. Good for I mean, you. It's, it's just surreal at a lot of times, you know, yeah. I've always looked up to the guys like, you know, growing up, you know, like New York hardcore and, and Detroit hardcore and, you know, all that stuff. Those guys were like superstars. Like before I met, Freddie from Madball, like he was a superstar. To me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was a kid. Yeah. You know? And then when you start to tour with these guys, they're just regular start, people. They're just right. I mean, they're the they're greatest guys in the world. But, you know, I like the guys like like Todd Youth, you know what right. I mean? And Chuck Biscuits and all those guys that like they started in hardcore, right? Yeah. Roy, May- Roy Mayorga, prime example. He started in hardcore. He played in all the cool bands, but he just kept going, you know? And that's yeah. how I always felt like I'm like, if I just keep going, if I just keep playing and just show people that I can play anything, you know what I mean? And just be a chameleon, do my thing. Then maybe I can be like a Todd or a Chuck or a a boy, you know what I mean? Like guys, even Todd from uh, H2O, like all those guys, they went on and they played with all these big guys and these respectable artists but they're just sure. a bunch of dumb hardcore kids like me. hundred percent. Like, 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 like look at like little Sammy Siegler. The guy's yeah. been in 9,000 bands. Yeah, you saw him when he was like 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. Like, yeah, literally. <laughs> He's like 72 pounds, 12 years old, and has done Killing a million it. things. A million things, you know? And yeah. he, he didn't limit himself either. No, you know? not that's at the all. Thing. There's no like punk rock killed or any of that bullshit with him. And, no. and that's something that, that I've always just been like, man, I'm not going to like, I, I, I went and played for the real Mackenzie's a couple years ago. Fuck you it. Know, why not? Wearing a kilt. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, wear a kilt. fuck it. Sometimes <laughs> you got to wear a fucking kilt, bro. That's <laughs> yeah, just what it is. It's what it is. You know, so, I'm not mad at that. That's kind of no. awesome. <laughs> just anything to stay on the road, stay busy. Yeah, man. So now, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you must be a big Beastie Boys fan, huh? Oh, dude. Like, I mean. But me too. Big, oh, God. Re- ridiculous. Ridiculous. Still listen to them to this day. Every and a day. lot of people like the Beastie Boys. Like, they had that those two songs. Like, you have no <laughs> idea. It. You have it's no real. idea the fucking material that the Beastie Boys have. First of all, if you really look at that band, if you, if you do a timeline of hip-hop, right? License to Ill came out in 1986. Yeah. Right. Straight out of Compton didn't come out until 1988. Listen Correct. to License to Ill, right? Yep. And listen to what they're sampling. Yeah. We all know what they're sampling. They're of sampling course. metal and rock and all that stuff because that's what Rick and all them were doing. Sure. Right. Producing it. But who was sampling License to Ill? Straight out of fucking Compton. Goddamn right. So in People my need mind, to fucking recognize. Recognize that shit that they were like, nobody was talking like, Three white kids talking about like carrying guns, dude. Nobody was no, talking about three that shit little Jewish kids. kids yeah, from, like what? Yeah. So like you know, a lot of people talk about how they were like the first gangster rappers. You know, and well, it's like, yeah. I mean, they're talking about packing guns and this and talk, that, yeah, but they're doing it in a fun, ridiculous way. They're right. talking about who's that sucker with the parrot on his shoulder, right. like. <laughs> right. But it's the greatest shit ever, man. The it's greatest. Great. I think they're one of the greatest stories in music history, period. Just how uh, they they started a certain way, 
their message was completely different from the time they started until they ended. And yeah. they really improved themselves just because of seeing how the world is and seeing the power that they have to influence people. You know what I mean? Yeah. To take control. And they, they're a bunch of punk rock kids too. You know what I mean? I was just going to say they're playing basements on the Lower East Side way yeah. back in the day as a punk rock band, just noisy two, three chords. Just, yep. but and also, then, it, and then taking, taking that once they got big and then realized the power they had and realized, yo, we can put out our own shit. We yeah. can do what all these cats were doing back in the day in the, you know, in the Lower East Side. Why don't we do that? And then they brought all their friends up. They were just yeah. like, you were in the Beastie Boys. And now you're in this band called Luscious Jackson. We're going to sign you to our cool record label and make you fucking huge. And That's they right. brought all their fucking friends up. You know what I mean? Damn right. And they totally took that message too. Like, you know, like they went from party college boy dudes to just being like, yo, this ain't cool to being like, a message, you know, like the sure. Tibetan Freedom Fest and like all yeah, that stuff. Fucking, uh, Yalk was a huge humanitarian like that. And, and like, and I still like to this day, like, I don't know, there's a thing that, um, that gets thrown. It's Danny Boy from House of Pain has a hand in it. Mm -hmm. um, this guy, this guy, Dave Sussman and a whole bunch of other guys. We all do this whole Delta Bravo urban exploration team. It's okay. Dan Danny Boy, DB, Delta Bravo. And the, we do, I, the last few years, it didn't happen, but it was like the first year of MCA's death, they, they, they put together MCA Day. Yeah, I remember that. And then they did a five-year anniversary, and this year coming up, there's going to be 10 years Ten. he's gone. Right. So they're going to do another MCA Day somewhere in the city or in Brooklyn. Wow, that'd be dope to see that. Yeah, man. And like people come out, man, like oh, DJ sure Hurricane comes out, fucking... Fucking uh, DMC comes out, like a whole yeah. bunch of people just fucking come out, man. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it's it's a really good thing. It's just you know remembering fucking one of the greatest ever, ever, King ever. of the F. That guy, that guy didn't give a fuck about how famous he was. You know, nope. just like I'm gonna come play with the Chromags tonight. You're like, Damn right, whatever. there's a famous you're picture of that. There's so yeah. many hardcore people. There's John Bloodclot, MCA is fucking yeah. playing bass for the Chromags. It's a real dude. Yeah. You know? And that was like during like the ill communication fucking time too. Right. No. So they were gigantic. And there he is on stage at CB's. And in the suit. <laughs> in a suit. In a fucking suit. In Didn't give a shit. Suit. Didn't right. fucking care. Yeah. So when we, when we put together imposters in effect, getting to that, you know, like that was the message that when, when me and all, these are all guys that I grew up with in my old neighborhood. Some of them have had, you know, bad pass and whatever, whatever, you know, none of them have done the shit that I did. So when we put together imposters in effect, it was like, if we're going to do the beastie boys, we got to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's something you can't, you can't fuck can't that. half ass it. No. But also number two, you also have to tell the story of the beastie boys because their story is more. And I wouldn't say it's more important, but it's as important as the music because their story is incredible. The things that they did, how they overcame the lawsuits and how they, you know, they just took the matter in their own hands and just became one of the biggest things on the planet. And know? so eclectic, like from, so eclectic. from Paul's Boutique on, like half of Check Your Head and half of Ill Communication is all just jamming. They were just jamming. They had their studio in LA and they're just like, we're just going to jam a bunch of yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, man. We put it out and people were just like, it's crazy. We do stuff like that. You know, we, we start a certain, you know, we start with certain songs 
sometimes we'll do sets where it's just like, we're going to do all their newer stuff and then do license to ill from front to back and tell the stories, you know, and, yeah. and we still do tough guy, you know, awesome. we do the punk, we do the punk rock stuff and Futterman's rule and all that stuff. Nice little heart attack, man. You know, I'm on a low rider bike drum set. So I'm like, we better be playing all this shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we mix it up a little bit too. We do a little, we throw a little house of pain in there. You know, it wasn't, right. And then we do, uh, we do, we do run DMC. We do Slayer. Cause everything that has them, you know, those branches that were from BC sure. boys, we put it all in there. So everybody understands like, if it wasn't for the Beastie boys, like these bands wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and if it wasn't for these guys getting together and doing shit with Slayer and doing shit with house of pain and do, you know, they just, of course, and that's just, a lot of people forget that history, you know, and that's a lot of people. And I have is. to say, it's like the quote unquote fourth Beastie Boy recently passed away. Recipes to Ricky Powell. Yeah, Ricky Powell. Yeah, that was I was fortunate enough to have him on here, too. I met him down in the West Village and it was insane. It was just so crazy. That I'm sitting there bullshit with Ricky Powell. And he's the coolest motherfucker. Just yeah. cool as shit. And I mean, things happen, but I had that same experience with Mixmaster Mike. Nice. I was, we were doing a private event together and he was, it was his first DJ gig with Cypress Hill. He did like a whole little run with Cypress Hill in 2018, I would say. Okay. And it was his first gig and I was there and his wife was there and we started talking shit and he's like, what do you do? You know? And I was like, actually, and I ended up get, I didn't tell him at first cause I want to be a punisher, you know, like, yo, check, you know, right. an idiot. but like once he got comfortable with me and we kind of hung out a little bit, relaxed, I was like, you got to see this shit. And then I showed his wife first. And then she was like, this is fucking crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. so now he's liking all of our stuff on Instagram and shit. And like the band flips out. They're like, Mixmaster Mike liked their posts. I'm like, that's, that's what's fucking up. great. <laughs> Getting yeah, verification, man. you know? Yeah. There's this one thing that always pops in my head. Like, you know, I'm sure that you've had people ask, you know, throughout the years, whatever, like, what was like, what's like one of the shows that you've been to? Not necessarily play, but you know, one of the shows you've been, that stands out in your mind, you know what right. I mean? And it always pops in my head. One of like the top three experiences was it was 94 Lollapalooza at Randall's Island. And the, at the time I would dabble in things, hallucinogenic drugs, <laughs> right? You know? So I was, I don't care. I was on a face full of acid and I'm standing there with tens of thousands of people, man. And they come out, the Beastie Boys come out and they, they do a couple of songs, but then the beat to Paul Revere comes on. It's just the beat. And not one of the Beastie Boys said one word, not one word. And they just held their microphones out and tens of thousands of people at the same time, not skipping a beat, sang that entire song from front to back. And I will never forget it. The acid helped it along to remember because <laughs> sure it was fucking insane. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was like, it was an experience. I was like, that's, I got goosebumps thinking about it. I wasn't even there. It was, it's just like, you're just, you're looking around and you're still, you know, everyone knows every word to that song and you're just looking around and it's just in unison, like 60,000 people. It's just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. It was powerful shit, man. It sounds so it silly, but it was fucking powerful. I mean, when we play it as, you know, on every night, obviously, 
when we do those shows, we don't have to, I mean, the whole crowd will sing it. Yeah. It's the same shit. It's the easiest every, song to do. Ever, ever. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I got in-ears in and I can hear these fucking, I'm just like, they're getting it. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. So do you guys, do you guys like, I mean, obviously right now you're busy, but like, is it just like a little side project thing? Or do you actually no, I mean, go dude, on I'm, fucking. As soon as, as soon as I'm done, I got three in a row coming up, three shows in a row coming up on this. Mm-hmm. I go home, I get all my wisdom teeth pulled. And then uh, five, five days later, I go play like two shows in a row with imposters. Nice. I mean, we, we, we try to like, we pack it in whenever I have time. I mean, we have a full-blown agent. I mean, we're not messing around. You oh, know? that's fucking <laughs> awesome. I'm fucking playing. What's not awesome is that you're getting all of your wisdom teeth pulled. No, fuck that. But I mean, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, I had all four of mine yanked a long time ago. Uh, no good. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I waited too long, but mine are in good shape. So not to get off subject, but yeah, what I, I, the guy I was like, we just, go from the beach boys to fucking yeah. TV extractions. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, we we uh we we stay real busy. Um, I have some plans. I'm trying to take it to a grander scale, but, uh, you know, I really want to get, uh, I want to kind of get some vindication from the the surviving members before we take it any further. You know, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get caught up in like some weird lawsuit or something, even though we're considered a parody band. We, we went in and rewrote all the tracks and everything and we put in a lot of work, you know? So I just want to get to the point where like those guys are like, yo, imposter's in effect. They're the real deal. And I want to take it to a completely different level. Yeah. Because we're, top, it's a show, you know? Yeah. All the top of my head, like, I never really heard of a Beastie Boys quote unquote cover band. Like, us either. You know, we used to do, <laughs> we used to meet the three guys that do all this stuff. We, we've done, we used to do it once a year when I'd be home. It'd be like, let's do a Sepultura one. Let's do a Slayer one. Let's do a Clutch one. Let's do, and then the one dude was like, let's do a Beastie Boys one. Cause Sick. there's only, you know, he's like, you learn four songs and come and play the show. And I'm like, cool. And then we played the show at this neighborhood bar that I grew up in. And I was like, this is a thing. Like, this is, yeah. this could really go somewhere, you know? Good. That's yeah. awesome, man. I hope you guys get giant. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. A little <laughs> guest spot with fucking ad rock in there somewhere. That would be fucking pretty cool. Right? I mean, anybody, we've we've uh, we've extended it to Mixmaster Mike. Like, if you want to team up and do a show, I know that that would maybe not make your brand as, you know, as popular if you did something like that. But, right. uh, you know, the, the invitation's open for anybody. And, and we're kind of treating it like how Steel Panther does it, too. Like, you know, you got to write in the jokes and you got to keep the, you know, keep the crowd going and we want to get guests we get guests up to play with us and stuff like that you know right. just to come up and keep it interesting we got girls on stages with you know cages and shit i mean we, we fun we shit go man. for it it's got to be fun you know yeah. all the time so we'll see where it goes you know i'm not giving up on it we've been doing it for a while now we've, we've actually done a bunch of shit with steel panther and we go and play all the big casinos and shit and it's just ridiculous <laughs> it's totally ridiculous we just don't sell merch Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm not trying to go down that road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a get to murky yeah, waters. Yeah, that's, that's that's muddy waters for sure. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Keep it respectful right now. Of course. <laughs> Fucking shit. Yeah, that's great though, man. I have to actually. You, it's what it's. Well, I guess it's 2021, man. It's just it, for people who are watching or listening, just go onto Instagram and just type in "imposters in effect" and it'll come up. Yeah. It's like imposters underscore in underscore in effect. Yeah, I don't know why that happened, but it did. So <laughs> you just type it in, you'll fucking find it. Yeah, you'll see it. It's there. We we keep we keep the content flowing. We actually have a we have a new surprise. We're going to be filming a video when I get home because we got a 
We have a new vehicle. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Dude. I mean, I got the low rider bike drum set, right? Okay. So we had to one up it now. So now we got, we're going to be premiering. A Something. New, yeah. Yeah. Don't be, tell anybody. Yeah, I, I, tell I don't even want to know either. It's, I want to be surprised. Myself. Dude. It's so crazy. <laughs> we take, we take everything way too far with that band. You right? should. It's you should. Got to be over the top. The BC guys were over the top. top so that's right. So Fuck yeah. <laughs> So now, how I mentioned earlier, yeah, which it kind of fucking slipped my mind until I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." You were in fucking Attica with fucking yeah. Evan, right? How did that? I mean, you probably knew Evan through, from Biohazard from throughout the years, forever. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so Rusty Coons, who that's his band. Uh, I met him in L.A. Uh, he's involved in the bike world. And, uh, I, I was building a bike at the time and, uh, he kind of knew who I was, which was weird. And he was like, Oh, I like Walsh and Jericho, blah, blah, blah. And I was out there doing something, doing something else. Why is that weird? Cause I don't ever look at it like that. You know what I mean? I don't think I people, it. you know, I don't care. To me, if you know who my band is, I'm like, how the fuck do you know who they're <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You find only been touring the world for 20 years that's all yeah but you know we're hardcore kids you know like right. I, I don't look I at shit like that i don't care you know i hear you i get so it. but he was really cool and he was knowledgeable and we started talking about bikes and music and i started hearing his story and then he's like hey man uh, if you ever want to come on board and you know I, I could always use whatever it was i'm like okay so that kind of turned into like hey i'm revamping the band i'm like okay and i'll come along with that and then i i went on tour Walls went over to Europe. We did a thing with Biohazard. And somehow, like, right after that tour, I was playing in Barrier Dead at the time, actually. Nice. And uh, Rusty calls well, me. What albums were, um, from Barrier Dead that were you on? Were you on any of them? I did. No, I, I just did, uh, what's the record? Uh, the Not the latest EP, but the one before it with all the Kurt Vonnegut uh, record. Beauty and the Break? Not Beauty and the Break. No, no, no. It was uh, the one that Matt returned on. So it would have been uh, Barrett. Uh, Baron from Mediascare put it out. I forget what it's called. I don't yeah, think it has a name. Yeah, anyway. Okay, maybe uh, it's just Bury Your Dead. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's not the self-title because that had Mike Terry in it, but it's, uh, it's, it's called something. Slaughterhouse Five was the big song on there. But anyway, anyway. Um, I went and did the whole tour cycle with them and played for them for a couple of years. Okay. So Rusty calls me and he goes, hey man, me and Tony Campos from Static X, is we're going to revamp the band. We want you to play drums. I'm like, all right, yeah, that'll be cool. I'll go play with Tony. And then uh, he goes, we're thinking about getting Evan Seinfeld in the band. I go, I know Evan, you know, I just have tour with him, you know? And he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, you know, Evan's great. He'd be perfect for the band. You know, he was, he looks like a biker, you know what I mean? Like that's what it was, you know? So he, he came on board and we, 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 I only played two shows with them. And then I, I got so busy, like Evan came on board. Um, I redid some stuff. I, I re-recorded some stuff. I don't think that ever got used. And then they got signed to whatever label it was after we did some shows. And then it just became, I was like, guys, I'm, I'm way too busy. You guys need somebody like that's going to really be here. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to move to LA, you know, I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. just kind of turned into that. And then they went off. And I don't even know what they did after that, to be honest. I know that they, yeah, they, I, they I did some touring, but I don't think they I don't even think they are. I don't even know if they exist anymore. I don't know. I don't think they do. I talked yeah, to Rusty he, still. Yeah, because Evan started. He did like his little hip hop thing. It was that one hip hop song he put out, but then I, I have no idea. I don't. I, I can't keep track of him. He's Evans. No. 
Evan's all over the place all the time. <laughs> yeah. <he is. laughs> Do you mind if I throw out my sponsors real quick? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you a coffee guy, Dustin? Dude, I got coffee tattoos, baby. Do you really? You oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fresh awesome. pots, baby. You got to have them all the time. <laughs> it's fucking great. Well, maybe you'll check this this out. Um, one of their sponsors is Dead Sled Coffee. Um, go to Instagram and follow them at Dead Sled Coffee. If you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get 20% off your order. And any order over $60 is free domestic shipping. But now what's cool is I say this all the time. First, I was drinking their coffee before they even became a sponsor, but they work with like horror icons and bands. Like they have an officially licensed kiss blend. What? Yeah. All four, like limited edition, all four members on each bag, like collector shit. Um, oh. They worked with Wisdom and Chains, the fucking hardcore band from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know those guys. Great guys. The, yeah, great guys. Um, the Toasters, the ska band, they had a brew with them. Elvira, they, they got Elvira. Elvira, there. Cypress Hill just came Ooh, out. I might have to get some of this. Yeah, man. They do a lot of really cool Oh, shit. look at the Kiss ones. Are you serious? I told you. I'm not Dude, those are gangster looking too. Right? Those are great looking. They do awesome shit, man. Kane Hodder from Friday the 13th. They have a Robert England nightmare blend. Nice. Like from Freddy Krueger, all kinds of shit, man. So this band, this band, CMFT, Corey's band, yeah. we're all into that. Corey just actually just did a horror convention in uh, in Vegas before we started this tour. I'm all about horror conventions. Dude. He's doing another one. He's doing them all the time now. So That's we always awesome. get the fringe benefits he just did like a q a with alice cooper i was like standing in the room while alice is like you know talking to Corey. i'm like are you yeah. fucking kidding me Dude, like Corey taylor is fucking everywhere right now like every other day anthrax has been putting out like these little videos on instagram and youtube because it's their 40-year anniversary yeah yeah I, anthrax is one of my favorite bands growing up 100 percent right here Joey, Bell, Joey Belladonna era though jo joey or no or it's not anthrax i'm with you band. i'm with you i'm with you uh, I'll, I'll do a fucking four-hour podcast on Anthrax. Dude, we can go right now because dude, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. The I guys, got no bedtime. <laughs> the guys in this band, they're friends with all those guys, right? Yeah. So Zach Throne plays in this band, right? Zach grew up with Joey and Char or with with Frank and Charlie. Yeah. You know, they all lived in the same house and shit because that's nephew uncle situation. Sure. Yeah. So then, and then he grew up with Scott and all that. And I got to play with Scott one time. That was pretty cool. And yeah. then uh, with Corey and all them, but. Dude, I get to hear all the anthrax stories, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. They're my favorite out of the out of thrash metal, metal, yeah. and period. They're my they're my band. Dude, me and you are fucking a rare breed, bro. I'm telling you, they're man. mine too. That's my band. People yeah, talk me. about. Uh, they'll be like, "What do you mean? They only have one record?" And I'm like, "Are you fuck you? Are you kidding me, dude? State of Euphoria, it's fuck you! That album smashes everything. Dude. Yeah, dude. It's they were way ahead of everybody. Way ahead. Didn't give a fuck about nothing. Have fun. Yep. Danny Spitz had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fucking guitar. <laughs> it's like Judge Dredd. Yep. It's all that shit. I'm the man. They fucking paved the way for so much shit." And people don't even fucking realize it. They cross, they cross that hip hop. Like when you look at the inside of their records, they had like graffiti on the inside of their records. Yeah. Like they had like, you know, they were painted as caricatures. They were adapting all the hip hop looks with like the flipped up hats and like the big jam shorts back in the 80s. Damn nobody, right. Slayer wasn't doing 
And then no. they were like, we're going to fucking wear all black and be evil. Yeah. Like, that's cool and everything. But like, and I appreciate it and love it, but like Anthrax was like a better vibe. You know what I yeah, mean? Me too. Like, dude, musically, come on. Yeah. Like, they dude, were nope. just doing shit like. Nobody touches Charlie Benante when it comes. To nobody, dude. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody. I mean, you can sit there. No, no disrespect to anybody, but. No, of course not. Charlie Benante, dude, when I, even to this day. If I if I run into him, I've ran into him a couple times in my life. I always I'm always like, it's Charlie Benante. Yeah. 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 See, it's like I would love to get any of those. I have a pending, like he said he's down to do it, but he's in the middle of a move right now. And I it's weird. I'm not gonna say because I've said it a few times on the podcast. And then once I have him on, I'm gonna wind up telling the whole story in depth. But I have Danny Spitz like on deck. Nice. Like to do it. He's, so now, still, he's building watches, isn't he? He comes from like a like a family yeah. of like real deal watch builders. Yeah, I I'll tell the story, the abridged version, real quick. Um, my parents had bought a house in upstate New York in like 1987. Mm-hmm. So here I am, I'm like 11 years old, and Anthrax is my favorite band. Fucking, I wear nothing but Anthrax T-shirts. I'm a chubby kid with the sickest fucking mullet ever. You know, <laughs> I, I have, you know, NFV, Oid of Nicopacin is on fucking constant rotation in my VHS fucking player. And then there's the POV, Persistence of Videos, which I still have all that shit. Nice. So I'm walking down, it was called White Lake Homes. It's like 10 miles from Monticello upstate. And I'm walking down the road and it's one of the first days that we even had the house up there. And I'm walking and I see this little old lady with red hair. And she's walking towards me and I have a now it's dark T-shirt on. Yeah. And on the back, it says, don't you fucking look at me. At me yeah. And I'm like <laughs> 11, right? My parents were fucking cool as shit. Right. So I'm walking down the road and it's, it's a not man with the microphone anthrax. And this little old lady says, oh, that's a nice shirt. So now I'm thinking... Uh, like, I don't know if she can see well. I don't know if she's being sarcastic. I was like, well, well, thank you, ma'am. You know, I don't know this lady. And she's like, my son is in that band. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, Danny Spitz. And I was like, like, no shit. This is his mom. And rest of God, you know, rest yeah. of God. And it was Irene. And I wound up be going in her house. And at the, at the same time, his brother Dave was in Black Sabbath playing bass. Right. And he, so this whole thing and his dad, his father's name was Charlie. And all this, no, his father, I'm sorry, his father's name was George and all this stuff. And then here comes their in between, their, they get off of tour in between. It's right at one of the legs of Persistence of Time. And I'm up there. And I'm walking down the road because the lake was right down the road. So I used to go there all the time. And I look over and sitting in, in like one leg out of his car, one leg in, I see this little, small, really little, short, hairy dude. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my 12-year-old, 11-year-old self has like this holy fuck moment. You know what I mean? So at the time, I still had them in this bookshelf right here behind me. This is a nerd fucking 12-year-old kid used to do when I used to collect rock man, you know, magazines and rip and hit parade and all that. I had fucking anthrax fucking scrapbooks, bro. Right? Nice. And I had because it's a summer house, but I had to bring my fucking anthrax scrapbooks up there, you know what I mean? Right, of course. For whatever reason. 
So I go back to the house and here I am, this fucking guy, he wants to get away from everybody. Right. He's finally upstate, away from everyone. <laughs> here comes this fucking chubby idiot with a mullet and an anthrax shirt with a stack of shit for him to sign. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he, he was kind of probably like, ruined his day. Yeah. Ruined his day. I fucking ruined it, dude. <laughs> but I was prepared for class. I had like picture discs, but I was prepared. I had paint markers so you could sign a picture disc and it'll Hell stay. Yeah. I was prepared, bro. So he signs all this shit for me. Years go by and I find them on Instagram. And it's funny because I work in a building in on 45th Street, right, right down the block from Times Square. And in there is Grand Central Watch. And they've been there forever. And if you go on YouTube and you type in Danny Spitz, Grand Central Watch, he did a video in the building that I work in doing these watch things. Right. So I hit him up on Instagram and I asked him, you know, if you would, you know, if you'd be interested in doing it, he's like, sure. And so I told him a brief story. I was like, you probably don't remember, but I was the short, I was like the fat kid harassing you when you were trying to get a break from being on tour. He was like, what were you doing upstate in White Lake? That was my refuge. I was like, oh, my parents had a house right down the block. And then right. he was like, oh, shit. And then he started to remember, and he was laughing. Right, but, words. Yeah, man. So I really hope sooner rather than later that, that Danny comes on the show. But um, one of my favorite bands ever, for sure. Great band, great band. Continuing, continuing to put out good music to this day. Absolutely. The last dude. three records, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah <laughs> man. And Joey, even if you put on like YouTube videos now or like recent of them, them live, Joey still has his pipes, man. Oh, he still crushes it. It's crazy. Guy crushes it. Yeah. He looks exactly the same, too. He just... He looks like he's been in the sun a little while. A like little bit longer. But he, he hasn't aged, like but he's never aged. You know what I mean? Know. Like, you look at him, you're like, he's still the same guy. Even, like, Charlie. Charlie. Dude, that guy's on, they're vampires, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. None of them age, dude. Right. None of them. None See, of them. You have a good time. It keeps you young. That's right. That's yeah. seriously. I mean, because look, you go on the other perspective, the other side of that coin, and look at the remotes. You know what you I mean? Those guys all died real young, man. And yeah. Those guys all hated each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Fuck, man. Yeah. Dude. Fucking great, dude. That's Come some on. crazy how, shit. How do we get on anthrax? I have no idea. Who, who no. knows? I mean, how can you not get on anthrax? I don't know. I don't know how it came up. <laughs> I don't know. Great. Uh, so, so real quick, let me just let me just bang out my other two sponsors real quick. Um, New Republic Printing for. Screen printing and embroidery. You can follow them on Instagram at New Republic Printing. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, there's a whole drop-down menu. Anything you, any kind of garment, brand, clothing, you can get whatever printed on whatever you want. But now the good thing about, the different thing about New Republic is there's no screen fees, which is unheard of. There's no setup fees. And if you have your order delivered to a commercial address, it's free UPS ground shipping. So, wow. so you can get, 10,000 fucking imposters in effect t-shirts made and have them sent to like the bodega if you're cool with that guy <laughs> and you can get a hundred boxes delivered and it doesn't right. cost you a dime. That's New great. Republic printing. Been, they've, been, they've been, I was using them for various things way before the podcast. They've been in business for almost 20 years now. Nice. But awesome. And then last but definitely not least, um, they're the last guys on the block. Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village. Um, follow them on Instagram at Generation Records. Um, they've survived this whole pandemic thing. If you can get to the actual brick and mortar spot, once again, it's 210 Thompson Street in the, in the West Village. Go there. If not, if you're not from the area, 
You can go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com and order stuff online. But they've been around since 92 and they're still going. So, I mean, it's the best store ever. There's two floors, vinyl, t-shirts. Yeah, it's It's amazing. It's just a, it's it's just a a flashback in time, man. It's, it's, and they're still doing great. Thank God. It's good. That was a big deal. Like if your record, like if you had a demo or whatever, and if generations or like even the ones out in the East coast and shit, if they were picking, if they were picking up your records, man, that was like, my demo was in bleaker bobs. It's like, right. Exactly. That was the thing. Sure. Or like if Rick the Life was bootlegging your shit. Oh my god! <laughs> Why is he? He always comes up somehow. That guy. <laughs> He's never going away. He never goes away. That guy's like luggage. <laughs> Crazy man. Oh my god! That's <laughs> yeah, listen, if you're if you're a Midwest band and you were trying to get out to the East Coast because that was the mecca, dude, you just give your shit to Rick the Life and he would mm-hmm. fucking it would be everywhere. My first band, like my first real band, next to nothing. We put out a demo tape. Uh, it was co- it coexisted with a seven inch that we put out on plus plus minus records back in the day, and we plus sent a bunch of sh- breakdown yeah. put out shit on plus minus records. Uh, yeah, we- there there was a bunch of bunch of New York stuff that yeah. did stuff, but um, that was how you got your shit. Like if 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 you if you couldn't sell your your seven inch whatever, just send Rick all your demos, dude. You yeah. Have next thing the- you know, next thing you know, it'll say <laughs> back to basics records on the right, back. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Rick. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's fucking funny, man. Dude, you, you can do a podcast just on that guy. Just stories oh about him. God. Oh, my God. Do you know how tempted I am to have him on, but it would create too, too much of a shit? Nah, I, I think you could get away with it. I think you out of everybody could probably get away I don't know, man. What, what the fuck do you give that guy a platform? Oh, I, I would never get into that, bro. I do this shit for fun, not for a headache. True, 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 true. You know what I mean? I'd rather talk about anthrax and wisdom teeth getting pulled. And fucking, <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking funny, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that would be a shit storm. Oof. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how we got onto anthrax, but yeah, overall, they're all my favorite out of the big four. Definitely. Um, they're up there. Yeah, they're definitely fucking up there. But yo, man, I, like I was saying, well, I'm not like I was saying, prong. That's a fucking. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's a big honor for me. You know. Yeah. Tom, Tommy's a legend, man. You know what I mean? From God, Jesus. From, from Sound Man at CBGBs, yeah. man. I mean, just those stories alone. I'm just like, yeah. I can't wait to just. I got eight weeks on the road with them. Actually, I got more than that coming up, but I got eight weeks for him to just tell me all the crazy shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. God, so much. He was fucking definitely fucking fun to bullshit with. He he was super cool. It's like at the time, like his, 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 his child was just born like an infant. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'll I'll make time for you. Bullshit for like an hour and a half or whatever. It was fucking really cool, man. Super nice dude. Yeah. He's great. So so when 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 does that kick off? That starts October 1st. Okay. So I have... Your like, Furnace Fest is... You You guys are playing that Friday, I believe, right? Yeah, the 26th. So and then I'm, I'm boning out straight out to out west right after that. And I do my rehearsals with Prong. And then we go, we go at it for eight weeks. That's fucking great. Yeah, well, it's not that big. That's not that big. You're going to be in Alabama. Birmingham is where Furnace Fest is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're going to pop out to then, Cali. Yep, and then spend a couple of days with them rehearsing through the set and then pack up and go. 
Nice. And then watch obituary every night, dude. Every was, night. <laughs> they were my last, they were my last band that I saw before all everything got locked down. Really? I saw them in a little club called St. Vitus here in Brooklyn. We just played there. Walter Jericho just played there a couple years ago. Really? I love Small. that place. It's fucking great. Yeah. You, there's no backstage. You have to walk through Nothing. the crowd to step on oh, the stage. Like, yeah, it's like downstairs in the basement. They set you up or whatever. But yeah. But yeah, in order to get to the stage, you have to walk through the walk crowd. Right through. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I mean, fucking Anthrax played there. Everybody's been playing there. That's been the place lately. Megadeth like played years. there. Yeah. It's like, it's fucking crazy. I did a I show know. there. I did a show there with uh, Onslaught and Venom Incorporated. Onslaught. <laughs> I forgot about that fucking band. They were they Canadian, were. right? No, no, they're from they're from England. Okay, no, see, you know why? There's a VHS tape called the Hard and Heavy Thrash and Speed Metal Special, and there was a beef way back in like 1988 between Onslaught on a tour between Onslaught and Annihilator. I believe it. But Annihilator was the Canadian band, so that's that's why I'm getting twisted. There's still that beef. Is there? <laughs> sure it probably there is. is. Sure, there is. What else <laughs> they got to do? <laughs> I'm a well of useless fucking information about these bands, dude. dude same, same. We can go yeah. on forever. Yeah, but St. Vitus is killer, man. Like, I think that that place, you know, kind of became like what CBGB's kind of was. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it was small, it was intimate. They take care of the bands. You know, anytime I'd play a Sunday matinee at CBGB's, it was always like the best time, you know, mm-hmm. the, the shows were always popped off, you know, Rich Hall always took care of everybody, you know, it was always a good time. And it's kind of got that same essence um, at St. Vitus. The food's always really good. The shows are great. You know, it's just a fun time and it's nice to go to New York now. Yeah. And, and have a venue like that. Cause it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to play Irving Plaza, you know, like right. not everything can go to Irving. I mean, I mean, I get the player of Plaza with Prong, which is sure. like, yeah, that's rad. But like, you know, all the other bands, where is there to go? So it's like, yeah. That Plus that is- into that small intimate, there's no barricade. Nothing. None of that bullshit. That's great. Yeah. Man. yeah fucking, they did all of cause of death that night. <laughs> and it was, it was all of cause of death. Plus like other shit thrown in. Like they opened up with threatening skies and it was just like, I'm watching fucking John Tardy, and he's another one that just sounds like I felt like I was listening to Cause of Death. It's you know what I mean? It was sounded fucking incredible, man. Some guys just have it. You know what I mean? They just and they never lose it for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, you know. And those guys do damage, dude. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. So and he still fucking has it. Fucking They're still doing damage too, man. Yeah, <laughs> those guys are playing, man. They're not playing at all. So it's going to be cool to see those guys. And then Black Label Society is the sure. headliner. And they're great. Zach Wild, you know, is fucking Zach Wild. Zach Wild. Yeah. My buddy Jeff plays for those guys. So it'll be cool to hang out with him, watch right. him play. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked on that whole run. I mean, eight weeks of Black Label Society and Obituary. I mean, I don't, does it get any better than that? Uh, <laughs> you know I don't know, know, man. Listen, it's fucking, it's awesome. Just yeah, fucking so, great lineup. Yeah. And I'm glad, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I, I mean, I know that, that Walls of Jericho isn't very, very active, active, but I mean, with shit opening back up, maybe fucking you guys will do a nice little run. I know everyone has lives and children and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, now it's a different ball game, but different ball game. You know, we kind of, we played it smart, you know, we, sure. we, we, we just kind of pick and choose the things that we want to do. 
you know, of course we go over to Europe and Europe is always a killer time for us. It's awesome that you have that luxury to do that. It is, it's, it is. And it's, it is a luxury now because, yeah. you know, a lot of bands slept on that shit back, you know, back in the early two thousands when we were coming up, a lot of bands would be like, Oh, we're not going to fuck with Europe. And we're like, you guys are fucking up. Yeah. Europe is where it's at. But again, you know, we come from Detroit and we watch bands like AF and Madball. you know what I mean? Right. And even cold is life. And a lot of these bands, they could go over to Europe and they can, make a little bit of a living, you know, they could yeah. come back a little bit of money in their pocket, you know? Yeah. So we, we saw that and immediately we're just like, we need to do that shit. Fuck yeah. And we were fortunate enough and we, we put in the work long enough to, we, we can still go over there and have a really good time. Shows are always well attended. Yeah. We have a great label behind us over there still. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think that anybody is, it's, it's weird. The band, we all like each other a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we yeah. all get along great. There's no beef. There's no like, uh, you know, none of that. We just, we just play it smart. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, we're a hardcore band. We know we're not going to make a living. With it. Right. So. And, and you, you aren't fucking 20 years old anymore either. People have I'll lied. Tell you what, man. I mean, if I could still play seven nights a week in walls of Jericho, I feel like, yeah. Why the fuck? You know? Why the fuck wouldn't I? You know what I mean? Right. Keep me in shape for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I think I dropped like 25 pounds when I joined that band. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Does it fucking end? <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. So, but yeah, I mean, well, I think that we're going to do, you know, a little bit more and people are in that camp or a little bit more comfortable now, Yeah, you know, with their, in their personal lives. So that's important. So sure. there's talks of, uh, you know, Europe next year and, Awesome. We'll just go back and do a couple of things here and there. Why not? Whatever comes along, whatever comes along, and you're able to do it, fucking do it. Obviously, you exactly it. Yeah, man. As long Dude. as people want to see us, we'll still play some shows here and there. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure that people want to see us. I want to see you again. Actually, I'm going to be in New York. I think I got asked to be. Uh, you know, I played in VOD for a minute. Uh, oh, I fucking love, bro. That green drip, that first fucking record, Jesus fucking, fucking Christ. Life changer, life changer. Bro, it's, it's still, it fucking holds up so fucking well. The recording still sounds great. It's ridiculous, man. But uh, they, uh, a couple years ago, they reached out to me and I played one show with them in Trenton, New Jersey. And it was fun. Okay. <laughs> and Trenton. Nice. And then, uh, you know, they just kind of had their thing going on. But Tim just reached out to me. Really? Uh, he's got his stuff going on right now. So he's like, hey, you want to come and be in my music video? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll come be in your music video, Tim Williams. Yeah, Mr. Simple Blood Simple guy. You know, yeah. like, you're fucking rad. Yeah, I'll be in the video. That's sweet. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. If I come out, let the hang out. It'll be fun times over there. Dude, 100%, man. You know where New York, New York has opened back up, right? Like everything is. Yeah, kind of, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's certain businesses that, you know, yeah, I, even now, like, like I'll, I'll always, have, I'll have, I, I don't wear a mask. I, I'm on the train. I don't wear a mask. People look at me like I'm fucking crazy, but I don't know. It's just me, whatever. All the things that I used to fucking do to my body, you know, eh. <laughs> smoke angel yeah. dust cut with fucking nail polish remover. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll get over the sniffles. Um, right. But, um, and that's not saying anything derogatory about people. Who, no, I get you know, it. It's a touchy it. situation. I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying that in general. Right. People start crying. But, um, you know, I, I, I keep a mask in my pocket just in case, out of respect, if someone asks me to put it on, I'll put it on. Of course. You know? But um, for the most part, things are pretty much opened up. 
good. I mean, obviously, some capacity stuff with shows are obviously it's a whole different ball game. But that stuff, that stuff's gonna go away right. quick. Yeah, it'll it'll be gone before you know it. So we're doing. Uh, so I got three more shows with Corey. I go home. I do two imposter shows. Get my teeth pulled, and yeah. then go play two shows with Corey again. We're doing a club show somewhere in the Midwest, and then we're doing Rock Fest. We're, we're playing. It's us and Limp Biscuit as the headliner on Friday night. Yeah, it was crazy. That's awesome. So, and then in August, we're going back out again for a three-week run. And we're being told that it's just like business as usual. Awesome. Like, no, like everything is just opening back up. Yeah. We, we're not getting hit with any of the restrictions or agreements that we had on this tour to social distance. It's like, no, man, capacities are just... It's open. We're going at it. So open the fucking floodgates. I think as, as long as nothing dramatic happens, you know, it's just people want to get back to normal. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. I just want yeah. to go to shows and go to restaurants. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. I hang out. I want to go to a fucking restaurant. They're fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's nice to see things moving in that direction yeah it's moving in that direction really fast i mean look at all of the tour announcements it just i mean it's I every day it. something's happening you know yeah. it's just going to be i keep telling people this i say it all the time me and my group of friends say it all the time we're like dude we're about to see the roaring 20s for real yeah like we're about to see it it's 2021 the roaring 20s are about to go down like yeah between shows between just everything, people are just like, fuck this. Plus, yeah. you know, everybody got a little bit of government money too. Hopefully you saved it a little bit, you know. Hopefully you, were, hopefully you were smart. Yeah. Smart with it. yeah. You know, like most people I think weren't, but, uh, no, you know, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that people are going to really go out. I think that people really understood that time is precious, yeah. you know, and, and shit can happen. And we're going to see a huge influx of just entertainment going yeah. down. I'm all fucking for it, man. And I mean, I'm actually, you know, this band, uh, Corey's band is mostly based out of Las Vegas. So I'm actually putting my, I'm putting my hat and the name out there to start playing some of the Vegas shows. There you, you go. Know, Cause the drum, I mean, there's, it's like, I mean, I'm involved in restaurants too at home. Like I'm a consultant. I have a business and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the restaurant industry and the music industry run hand in hand. And right now in the restaurant industry, we're seeing a short, a, a shortage of people because people can make more money sitting at home, sure. you know? So they're just like, yeah. well, fuck, fuck you pay me, you know, like yeah. you're going to pay me a livable wage or I'm just going to sit at home and do this. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing with music right now is that a lot of people don't want to go back to work for whatever reason, fuck. or they, there's so much going on and there's not enough people. Right. So I'm trying, I'm trying to get on the whole Vegas thing where it's like, there's not enough people and they need, you know, some people to fill in and do the whole thing out there. Cause yeah. out there you as a drummer, as a musician, if you just want to go out and grind, you can work seven nights a week, three, four times a night. Fuck. You know great. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to fucking work, I have to, I have to fucking work. I just, I, All the time. and, and I'm fortunate that I've been working throughout this whole thing, Same. but, but I fucking, I, I can't sit home and do nothing. Like I, I can't, I drove, what was it Easter Sunday last year? I got in my car in Ohio and drove out to Las Vegas in the middle. I mean, gas stations weren't even open. 
I had to, I had to be on ways like going, all right, all right. Like, am I going to make it to this gas station? <laughs> yeah. be open? And I, you know, found a hotel that I could stay at for the night and then went and recorded a, a record for six weeks in a studio that was completely shut down. And Fuck. it was like, you know, every night it was, you know, the, the temp gun to your head. And yeah. you know, we were doing all throughout doing that Corey Taylor record. It was just like, they weren't fucking around. Right. Yeah, man. It's just, you got to work. You can't, you can't sit at home. I'm not going to get unemployment. I will, but fuck that, man. I got, yeah. I got a kid. I have, yeah. I have bills, man. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, you got to work. Yeah, just sit work. there and wait on a check. No way. No, so. no. I was brought up a different way. I need work ethic. Same. You know? But yeah. it's, it's nice, you know, so it's, it was, it was great to be able to do that. And, uh, it's nice to watch things slowly but surely open back up again, man. Yeah, man. So hopefully we just get right back to what it was and we put all this bullshit behind us. Mm-hmm. People just fucking get back to work. Yeah, goddamn <laughs> right, man. I got shows to play, dude. Yeah, it's I got shows done. to attend and I need a job yeah. in order to buy them fucking tickets. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't like being guest list guy. I'll pay the ticket. You want to let me in? That's why you want to give me a laminate or something? That's fine, but I'm still paying my ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I try to, I'm one of those guys where like, like uh, you know, if it's a big string I can pull, you know, like Kiss is coming to town, right? And I got a seven-year-old daughter and she loves Kiss. Awesome. Right? So, and so it's like, all right, I know I'm not getting in on Kiss, right? Like, I mean, I could, but, eh, you know. Yeah. But if they want to come to the restaurant and eat, you know, the day that they're there, I'll bring them down to the restaurant. You know? Of course. Yeah, you got to have some sort of a fucking angle. A little angle going on there. Absolutely. You know? So then my kid could get real good seats. So when, when Kiss is blowing shit up, she's like right there. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you got to do. Yeah. I always, my friends will get, your friends probably get mad at you too. Like if you don't come to a show, they're just like, you didn't come to the fucking show, bro. What the fuck? And you're just yeah. like, I'm not going to punish you for some guest list spots. You know right. what I mean? I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not that guy. Like no. you're working. You know, right. exactly. <laughs> so. I'm not going to be that guy. No, no. Shit. Well, good shit. Well, now check it out. Whatever musician I do have on, I mean, this, this video will go raw, just like how it is on right. YouTube. And I run it on the, um, uh, there's a, a book, Brooklyn Blast Furnace group page where I'll just throw it up there. But the audio version, I put on my little intro or whatever. And then I always ask you, have to pick two songs that I could tack on the end of this audio version of this episode. And it's basically whatever you want or whatever I can find if I don't already have it. Like maybe a Premonitions of War song and a Walls of Jericho song or whatever you want. I mean, the, I mean, I played on that Corey Taylor record. So if you want to put one of his songs up. Am I allowed though? Because it's Corey Taylor. I don't want to get flagged. That's a different animal. I'll send you, I'll send you an email with a yay or nay. <laughs> and then everybody, everybody will know if you get the song gets flagged. Right. Yeah. <laughs> see, played, see, like, no. That's why I didn't put him out there because that one might get flagged. You know yeah. what I mean? If I put a uh, Premonitions of War song, I don't think I'm going to get flagged. Yeah, let's do We can do that. We can do either one. It doesn't matter to me. Well, you have to pick. Let's see. If I was going to pick a Premonitions of War song, uh, it would be probably True Face of Panic. Awesome. It's one of my favorite songs I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite Walls of Jericho song is actually, it's a, it's a weird one. 
uh, it's the song is called the revolving door tragedy. Okay. That's and off it, of, um, it's off the trust kill takeover thing, but we recorded it when we were doing the devils amongst us all. Okay. So it, if you look for it, you can get it on the Japanese release version of the devils amongst us all. Okay. Or you can get it on trust kill takeover for okay. what it's called, but that, that song to me, I like it because when I came into walls of Jericho, it was like, you know, people were kind of tripping. Like this dude that played in a death metal band is going to go play in this hardcore band, even though I'm right. a fucking hardcore kid. Right. But people were like, yo, you're going to throw like some blast beats in walls of Jericho. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. I'm gonna throw <laughs> some fucking blast beats in walls of Jericho. Like, yeah. So when we, that song is crazy. Cause the label came at us like last minute. Like we were like, tearing down our shit in the studio you know we're like getting hot mixes and then the label's like yo we need an extra song like what do you mean you need an extra song yeah like, tearing down our shit he goes, no we need an extra song so we we just went into this we, i like put my cymbals back up and we just started like jamming on it and then the whole song i was able to like do this like fun blast beat shit nice so it was kind of like a yeah i got to do that in walls of jericho song because it never nice. existed before you know the so revolving doors of tragedy is that what it's called? That's what you just said it was called. I think it's called the Revolving Door Tragedy. The it's Revolving the Door Tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. It's there. Of course I will. So every once in a while, I'll listen to it. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I got to pull that shit off. Nice. <laughs> awesome. And then everyone who's listening, well, there might be a Corey Taylor song at the end. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if management allows it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, it would be cool, but it's all right. I understand. It, it happens. I yeah. Understand. Dope. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for this fucking. This was a lot of fun. Oh wait, before we go, Gun to Your Head, favorite Anthrax record. Gun to Your Fucking Head, State of Euphoria, dude. Really? Okay. That is, that's my record. That all right? That's the record that like. I remember my, I got an older brother. I'm the youngest, right? He's the right. one who got me into all the shit. Yeah. So my older brother would come and he'd come back from hanging out with all the older kids in the neighborhood and he had the demo tapes, right? The, the dub tapes. Yeah. So he'd be like, yo, this dude had this and I dubbed this for you. You know what I mean? We yeah. Dub over dubs, you know? Of so course. when he gave me, it was the first time he ever actually got a physical copy of the record. And I was looking at the tape and the insert and, you know, all the shit. And that record actually taught me how to play the drums. Because I come, like, my dad's a drummer, my uncle's a drummer, my older brother's a drummer, and then there's me, right? right. So, like, I'm the youngest, the smallest, and the quietest compared to all of them idiots. <laughs> and so, when you had to fight to be on the drum set, you know, I was getting less time. Mm -hmm. So, I was on the side with a pair of drumsticks listening to State of Euphoria and Seasons of the Abyss by Slayer, yeah. air drumming that shit. And what I didn't know I was doing was I was conditioning my hands and... and and everything to be so fucking fast right? because I'm air drumming with drumsticks. So like, you know, when you hit the drums, there's a, a bounce back from the stick. Yeah. There's no bounce back when you're just doing it. So that's, that's kind of how I was able to like become a fast drummer. Awesome. So that, that to me, when I listen to those records, I think about being a little kid, you know, little kid. I was like eight years old when those records came out Yeah, and just being like, you know what I mean? Like just like, Fucking Charlie Benate just crushing it, you know? That sounded like schism just now. It was. We could go on for days. Yeah, that's hilarious. Whenever I'm with Zach from this band, you know, he'll be like, because he's known those guys since he was a kid. He grew up in the Bronx. 
So, or wherever they're from, well, a couple of them from the Bronx, whatever. Yeah. So he'll tell me stories about like, yo, when you would call, you know, when you would call over at Frankie and Charlie's house, like it would be like a sitcom because there was like, you know, 20 people living in the same house, you know, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, they'd be like, oh, are you looking insane. for Charlie? Hold on, Charlie! You know, and then somebody <laughs> else would pick up and Charlie, you know, the whole house yelling for people, <laughs> yeah. Charlie or Frankie, you know what I mean? Like hearing stories like that, you know, it's just like, wow, I can't believe that. Like these yeah. guys are actually like humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I bought the, not these- I bought the, there was like, I think it was a 30th anniversary re-release vinyl of yep. Diddy for you. One yellow vinyl and one red vinyl. Oh, man. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> That's the shit, dude. Man, it really That's is. Shit. But I'm going to say gun to my, because they, from from armed and dangerous to, like, attacking a killer bees, like, right. they all have, like, a place for me. But I think gun to my head, I'm going to have to say it's persistence of time. Really? See, that's interesting because a lot of it's people... It's a darker are, record than the other, than like, Stadium 4, they were very... They did certain things on that record, but... Dude, they recorded that record at Electric Ladyland. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I know. You went to Electric Ladyland and recorded a record? Yeah. And you're a fucking metal band, like, yep. blazing double bass? Like, Dang. what the fuck? Yeah, man. That just, show, that just tells you how talented that band is, though. Yeah. I mean, they 100%. just, oh God. Yeah. Persistence of Time is also a killer, killer, killer record. It's a killer record. There's just like hit after fucking hit. I mean, Belly of the Beast, even Got the Time. It, Got the I Time's mean, a killer, man. Even the Family, Blood, yep. Gridlock, fucking oh. discharge. It's just one man stands. Like, who writes about the, the tank guy in Tiananmen Square? <laughs> Anthrax They does. do. Who writes yeah. about fucking... The dude in fucking blue velvet. Now it's dark. Anthrax right. does. It's just so fucking good. Misery loves company. About fucking. I'm your number one. It's so good, dude. Right, we can go on all day about Anthrax. This is like the half Anthrax episode. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story about Anthrax real quick. Talk to me. Okay. This is my. This is my fan. This is my Anthrax fan moment. Okay. So I have with, several of them, but go it's on. With, it's with Corey. So we're talking like this is about 10, 11 years ago, right? We get asked, I don't get asked, Corey gets asked to play this show, right? And Scott and uh, Jerry Cantrell from, uh, from Allison Shanks had a bar, they had a bar in Vegas. So it was called Dead Man's Hand, right? Okay. So they asked Corey, yo, we need you to play New Year's Eve. It's Scott's birthday, right? And we already had a set. We were, we were out doing, you know, shows in LA all over the place. And we were just doing a bunch of covers, right? For, with okay. Corey. Crazy, weird covers, all kinds of cool stuff. So they asked us to do it. So we go and have dinner with Scott. So I'm tripping, right? Because like, yeah. tripping. Yeah. I'm like, wait, we're going to have dinner with Scott Ian from Anthrax. Corey's like, yeah, you got to go. We're going to talk about the set list. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not hold prepared. On. I'm not yeah, prepared. Like, so hold on. Like, gotta chill out. I need a drink. You know, like, what yeah. are we talking about here? So. We get a little comfortable and, and Scott's a big foodie and I'm a foodie. So we start talking about food shit. We're at Matza Pizza. Matza Pizza. It's one of Batali's uh, uh, places in LA. Nice place, right? And he knows everybody there. So they're just bringing out all the shit, right? We're talking about food. So we were trying to get him to play Misery Loves Company for the Ooh. set, 
were like, come on, man. And then I started throwing out like, why don't we just do like, finally. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, what are you nuts? He goes, we never played that song as a band live. He's like, that's no, crazy. Yes. So we, what we got him to do, we got him, we got him to do uh parasite. Right? Sick. But we did the fucking attack of the killer bees version. Nice. Like straight up, Corey was like, he did the whole like Gene Simmons thing. Like, I don't like it when you put your fork on my plane. And I fucking played that shit just like how Charlie played it. And I, when we got done doing it, I was just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I played. That's, a, that's a moment right there, bro. Yeah, it was great, man. We had a good time, dude. I got to hang out with him all night when we did the show and stuff. We rehearsed for three days and like playing ACDC songs, you know, with Scotty and yeah. Motorhead songs with Jerry Cantrell. You're just like, you can't make this shit up. Nah, just, man. Just a stupid fucking hardcore kid from Ohio. <laughs> but you did good, man. You fucking did good. Hey, you know, well, got to keep going, man. Never stop. Awesome. Stop won't stop. So, dude, thank you so much for this once again. This was Appreciate a lot of fucking me. fun, man. Total honor, man. Total honor. Yeah, this is going to drop into, I have like two, I drop every Friday at noon Eastern time. So I have Candace and then one more and then you're going to drop. But I'm going to send you the flyer and everything. I, th- I have your flyer just about that. I used a different picture if you don't mind. Though. Oh, I don't care. But it's, but it's, 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 it came out fucking dope. I'll, I'll show it to you. Okay. I think I might have to throw a little prong logo on there somewhere in, in the background somewhere. Let me get through fun. rehearsals with them real quick. No, I'm kidding. Get the fuck out of here. You're not- <laughs> right. Never know. Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, keep in touch actually and, and follow you on Instagram at Dustin of Jericho. Yep. Same thing and- on Twitter. Okay, good. Good to know because when I post it, I'll make sure. Because I'm I'm on Twitter, but I'm not very active on there. So now I know you have an account, so I'll tag you on there. And everybody who's listening and watching, just follow. All I ask is just follow me on on Instagram at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. There's a link in the bio that will send you to every platform and all the nonsense wherever you can find the podcast. That's all I ask. And uh, that's it, Dustin, my man. Good luck on this tour. Congratulations on prom. And keep killing it, my man. Gonna yeah, do my best. Awesome. <laughs> I'm in New York. I'll come and see you. We're, we're going to be uh, there in the fall. You got to come and hang out. Oh, absolutely. Well, listen, you know how to get in touch with me. Let me know. I'll see what the deal is, and we'll definitely make it happen. Sounds good. Awesome. Talk soon. Have a good night, brother. You too, man. Later.
Do you want from me?